0: Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the Stardom Cast. It is a beautiful day out there today. I hope everybody is well. Welcome to episode 71. I am your host, Matt Turner. If this is your first time here, come on in, take your shoes off, pour yourself a nice cold drink of whatever you want wine, beer, protein shake, yoohoo, water, whatever you want. We're going to have a fantastic time as we have a loaded show. If you are one of the many returning listeners, as always, I thank you for the support and coming back and giving us a giving us a listen here on the old Stardom Cast. We have an absolutely loaded show for you here today. We have not one, not two, not three, but four shows to review, a whole ton of news. But before I get into that, I just want to just go over my week with everybody. I like I said, I like to for all of our all the uh, older listeners. I wouldn't say older listeners, but you know what I mean. For the returning listeners, you know that I kind of like to give you a little what how my week was. So I was able to do a little wrestling this past weekend myself and Andy had a little team blue and gold action, fancy little tag match we had, a solid outing. Uh, crowd really seemed to enjoy it, which is always good. We didn't get the W, but that's okay. We'll be we'll be back pretty soon, as our calendar is starting to book up pretty quick, pretty quick on the tag team scene. Also, this past week as Most of you know I'm a giant comic book fan. I went to go see Thor Love and Thunder. And I know it's been met with uh, some mixed reviews. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I thought of all the Thor movies, the four of them, this one was the best. It was based a lot on Jason Aaron's Thor run, which was, is my favorite Thor run of all time. And I read a lot. Walt Simonson, a lot of the Stan and Jack stuff. Obviously, that's, you know, that's the first stuff, the Stan and Jack stuff. Uh, the J. Michael Straczynski stuff, the Karen Gillan stuff, the current stuff, the Dinah Cate stuff, the Dan Jurgen stuff. I've read a whole ton of Thor and the Jason Aaron run is my favorite. So I was excited when they announced they were doing Jane Foster as the mighty Thor and Gore the God Butcher. So I was like, well, they're pretty much taking everything out of Jason Aaron. And I thought they did the run justice. I mean, it's a seven year run in a two hour movie. So you can only can do what you what you can do, but I thought it was terrific. My favorite Thor movie of the four, and probably top ten MCU movie um, that I've ever seen. So I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Okay, well enough about that. Like I said, we have a loaded show. This might be the most loaded show in the history of the Stardom Podcast, at least since I've been on. I've been on for the last what eight months or so. So plus the solo things about six seven weeks, give or take. So anywho, yeah, loaded show. Let's get right into the news. Let's talk about what's uh, on everybody's mind. The Io Shirai Watch. Earlier this week, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reported that Io Shirai has not signed her new contract. Her contract will be running out sometime in August. Not sure when that is. August 1st, August 2nd, but I think early August. And she pretty much has one foot out the door and is getting ready to go back to Japan. This sent the Twitter world into tizzy. Uh, a lot of us want to see her back in Stardom. So many dream matches, so many return matches. Um, I've c- covered a lot of it on last week's show. So, a few hours after that store broke, EO tweeted rumors with a puke emoji. And then, shortly after that, Gail Kim, who works for Impact Wrestling, you know, about booking a lot of their women's division, tweeted a picture of her and EO together, uh, creating speculation that EO is staying in the States and that she will be going to Impact. I Personally, don't think that's the case. I think, obviously, Io can't really say anything. She's still under contract with the WWE until sometime in August, You know, maybe another two or three weeks. So, obviously, she's not going to address anything. I also think that Io, she's not only the genius of the sky, but genius of playing on people's emotions. So, I think that might just send everybody kind of in a tizzy that she was staying or she was staying going somewhere in the States with AEW whether its impact. I personally don't think any of, of that's happening. I personally do think that she does want to go back to Japan. And I personally do think that we will see them start him. I think she's just saying that to throw everybody off the trail, doing a little trolling as the kids say. So, but that's, uh, that's just my opinion. That's just my thoughts. I don't have any factual, uh, factual opinions. I don't have any, uh, I don't have any stooges over there in WWE or NXT. That's just basically going off what I read and what my belief is. I mean, I'm recording this a couple days before it drops, so by the time this drops, there is a possibility that she might resign. But I'm sticking to my gums, being hopeful. Fingers crossed that we will see her back in Japan, back in stardom, and most importantly, happy. That's what I think really... really, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you are a stardom fan, and I thank you. I think 99.9% of us want to see her back in stardom. But at the end of the day, we just want her to be happy. So, but... Don't tell anybody this. I think she'll be happiest in stardom. I'd rather see me wrestling you, Tommy, than some of these people in NXT. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, moving on to more news. Uh, coming up, with the we do have the five-star Grand Prix. They did announce that on nights one and nights two, that Kari will be uh, coming back for some tag matches. On night one, she will she will be teaming with Nene Takahashi, and we'll get into that into the main crux of the portion of the show as they will be taking on the team of Lady C and Sayakamatani And on night two, she'll be teaming with new Cosmic Angels, not spoilers. Again, we'll be talking about that in the main part of the show. And they will be going up against the team of Sayida, Mayu, Iwatani. So we will get to see Kari on opposite sides against Mayu. And I think Kari on opposite sides with Sayida just the chops you know the, the chop and the spinning back fist battle i think is going to be something something to really really to be seen so i think that's going to be something that's going to be a lot of fun so yeah like i said we have a lot of shows to review we have the show on seven two seven three new blood three and of course midsummer's champion which was just an absolute epic show uh let's see um oh yes abs- um i you know a good thing i wrote this down i would have forgot Jungle Kiona, former Stardom ch- former challenger for the World of Stardom and Wonder Stardom Championship, and former Goddess of Stardom champion, is going to be doing a tour over here in the U.S. of A. When her Sa- Sa- booked on a couple of shows in the Carolinas, and just uh, literally as I was going to bed last night, announced she'll be wrestling all- in New Jersey, maybe only about ninety minutes away from me. So I will do my best to try to one get on that show one way or another, or- and or to see if I can maybe do a meet and greet, maybe do an interview. Um, we'll see. We shall 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 see. Uh, easy for me to say. <laughs> we'll see. I'm gonna you know do everything I can to try to uh, you know bring bring more voices and listeners and eyes and ears over to the Starmcast. Regardless, that will be exciting. You know, one way or another. But more than likely, I will be there. You know, one way or another to see what Jungle Kiona will be doing in the United States. And obviously, more news, more bigger news. Speaking of the United States, is New Japan announced that when they are going to come back for the U.S. tour, that Stardom will be a part of their tour, and we've seen them in Chicago, we've seen them at the twenty-three hundred Arena, or at I will always call it the ECW Arena. We've seen them in New York, uh, I think like Washington, Baltimore, maybe Boston. So there's a whole bunch of shows that New Japan has been touring over the last year or so, and now they're going to bring Stardom with them. This obviously is super exciting. It's going to get a lot of eyes on Stardom especially the fact that the absolute role and the buzz that they're having, uh, even Dave Meltzer, the wrestling observer said by popular demand that he was going to review the Midsummers championship uh, show. And usually he just doesn't do stardom or any really Japanese women wrestling federations. Not that because he has any disdain for it, just the poor guy just doesn't have the time. So I think with stardom, just really climbing up the, climbing up the ranks, it's something that business wise for him makes sense is he's going to have to start covering. So you're gonna see uh, a lot more buzz and a lot more eyes on Stardom. Speaking a lot more eyes on Stardom. Speaking of Stardom in the United States, um, it was reported as well. I believe was it the Wrestling Observer or PW Torch, one of them, one of the, the bigger of the two, reported that AEW and Stardom are in talks to be doing some shows together and to be getting some A, uh, excuse me, some Stardom talent on some AEW shows. Now, I know some of the diehards on Twitter weren't too happy about this. They're saying they won't be booked right. They're not gonna have enough time. They're gonna be buried. This that and the other thing. Look, folks, I, I understand that. I first of all, I it's your opinion. You're entitled to it. I totally disagree. I think the AEW women's division is very very good. I see your point of view, but again, I respectfully disagree. And here's another thing, AEW TV between the regular viewers, the DVR, and what's on YouTube, and what's streamed, they do over a million views per week. Plus, you're having anywhere between 8,000 to 14,000 people, depending on the you know, size of the arena, that are going to be there live to see that show. And you know that whoever they put, pretty much you know 80% of the roster, whoever they put on that show, they're going to steal the show. So you're going to have over a million people they're going to see, whether it's a Mayu, a Zumi, a si- either of the Saiyans, either, si- either of the Momos, Starlight Kid, Julia, yada, yada, yada. I mean, really anybody they can put on. And we've seen that they don't need a lot of time. You know, we saw what Mayu and Starlight Kid did last year in the five-star Grand Prix with like, what, eight minutes? So it's like if they go out there and give them, you know, a Momo and a Starlight Kid versus FWC, if they give them only seven, eight minutes, you know they're going to maximize every second. And you know it's just going to be more eyes, and you know they're going to come out of there more positive. So I only see this as a super, super positive thing, and I can't wait to see it. You know, I frequent, I watch AEW every Wednesday for several reasons. One, I love the product. Too, I have a lot of friends that work there, both behind the scenes and in front of the camera as well. So, like I said, there's a lot of news, and uh, let's go into the shows. Let's go right into the shows. Let me try to hear me flipping the old pages there. Now, what I'm going to do is the uh, the show on seven two, the show on seven three, and New Blood three. I'm just going to kind of go through them real quick, go over the finishes over my star rating as we will be here all day and i don't want to try i i want to keep these podcasts relatively like around an hour or so give or take like obviously if there's a longer show or a longer review for the patreon that i have to review like right now i'm in the middle of doing the studying and the notes for the utami Rain, and that's might be a little over an hour just because it's so long for the patreon but hey that can be a good thing but i just don't want to you know stay on too too long i know a lot of people when they see just like if they see like a book like a really big book it's like they kind of get intimidated and i know even when i'm looking at a podcast and i see a podcast it's like over like 90 minutes i was like oh man that might that might be too much that just might be too much so i'm trying to keep these podcasts roughly around an hour or so so like i said i'm just going to go through some of the shows rather quickly and then i'm going to break down what i thought was the show of the year and midsummer's champions show from seven to 22 in osaka uh, momo kogo defeated lady c six minutes ten seconds with a nectar peach I gave it three and a quarter stars. Match number two saw the team of Saki Kashim and Fukun Death defeat the team of Mayu Iwatani and Sayida with um, the O'Connor roll. I thought this was, a, I gave it three stars, eight minutes, 29 seconds. I, I really like the ending, how they're kind of just doing waterfalls, coming the ring, hitting big moves, and then little miscommunication between stars. Maybe got some people talking. Is there going to be a little break there? You know, Mayu and Sayida, they are wrestling a team with Kari and coming up here at the end of the month. They kind of basically did the old 1980s buttheads heads into the O'Connor role for the three. Uh, three stars, uh, solid. Match number three, Shuri and may Sakurai. Boy, I tell you what, May Sakurai came out of this match. She came out of the box on fire, which she had to. And may has been improving. You know, we talk about it all the time on this show. Excuse me, a lot of people agree with me every Audi sack, right it's constantly improving whether it's something with her entrance her gear her look the way she sells the way she has a little more intensity she had to have the intensity here going up against the world champ you know an absolute killer but obviously that little sh- that little shred of uh, more intensity wasn't enough because in seven minutes and 10 seconds sherry gets the win with the buzz sock kick three and a half stars I like it that Shuri, in time of time will change up her finishers especially here and like she didn't have to go to the ruin or the uh, the white tiger or anything like that. She just used the old uh, buzz saw kick to the head to to get the job done. Three and a half stars. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. The uh, match number four saw the Waito team of Ruwaka, Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid versus Azumi, Sai Kamatani, and Yutami. I just uh, I just love it. Like I like all the members of Queen's Quest. Like I think Sa- I think Lady C starting to come into her own. I think uh, Hina when she when she's there she's really really good and really solid. But it was just these three: Azumi, Saya, and Yutami. There's just something about them, like their aura, especially like when they come out and they're in their robes and they're carrying the flag and, uh, you know, you have a Zumi with a belt, you have Sai with the belt, and then you have Utami, the only one with not a belt, but she's the leader of this faction. She has the rose and you, she's just so badass. It just reminds me of like the Horsemen when it was Flair, Tully, and R, like when it was just those three, no disrespect to Oli or, or Barry Wyndham or Luger or anything, but just when it was those three, they were just, they were like the. And, you know, even like the original NWO, like Hogan, Hall, and Nash, they were like the coolest people in the room. But you know there's a whole bunch of people that are about to get their ass kicked. Uh, and that's what happened here. Sayaka Matani is the Star Crusher, 12 minutes, 48 seconds, 3 and 3 four stars. I thought this match was really, really good. And they did a really good job. Uh, the main crux of this job was building up Starlight Kid versus Sayaka Matani for the pay-per-view. You know, coming up here in a couple – well, as of, that, as of this showing, it came up in a couple of days. But obviously we'll, we'll review it. Uh, and I also thought it was really cool. Starlight Kid after the match attacked uh, Sayaka Matani, and she put in their new leg submission, leg crusher submission, which was called which is called the um, the Black Tiger Leg Crusher. So it's basically a stretch muffler, but what she does with the with her heel is she puts it over the opponent's throat. So this way it affects. It's almost like a choke. So I thought that was cool. Black Tiger Leg Crusher, pretty uh, nifty name as well. So Starlight Kid just adding more and more to her repertoire. You know, we saw her doing the uh, the the moon the you know the. The Jericho Salt, the Lion Salt, not that long ago, so she's added that. She brought back in a lot of her matches the Texas Cloverleaf. So it's nice to see, you know, a little more wrinkles in the game of Starlight It, you know, always improving. Match number five saw the Donald Del Mundo team of Julia, Micah, Himika, Nasapoy defeat the uh, defeat the Cosmic Angels. Tam, Yunagi, Waka, and Mina Uh the Ferial Gift on Waka, of course, uh, at 11 minutes, 23 seconds, 3 and 3, 4 stars. Another solid match. And then the main event of the show uh, was the Goddess of Stardom Tag Team Championship. Uh, Amy Sori and Mirai of God's Eye uh, challenging FWC from Stars, uh, Hazuki and Koguma. I thought this was, you can kind of tell this was going to go a long time. Well, as long as it needed to because of the pace they were set. They had a slow, smart building pace, knew when to pick it up, when to put it down. When to sell, when to turn it back around. It's basically he had a basic face for face match, so it was a really good pacing. And then they really started ramping up, getting towards a little towards the middle, and then towards the end they brought it back down a little, and then they brought it back up basically for the closing stretch of the uh, of the match. But I thought this was a solid tag match, one of the uh, best tag matches of the year from Stardom. I thought that um, the the smart was the way they built Suzuki's dive when she does that. When she does that suicide dive she went for um once and then she didn't get it basically the god's eye team moved out of the way the second time she went for it she got cut off and then the third time they built it built it built it got the crowd right where they needed to and she hits that dive perfectly you know i love when she does it with her and mayu uh when she does it by herself here it's race basically it's just she. the spotlight's all on her so i thought that was beautifully done and just like the like i said the pacing the sound the the, the set the Koguma and Amy, sorry, were really like laying into each other, which I thought was that was really good. It was kind of like the bear versus the other bear as Koguma, you know, kind of calls her. And I think Amy in her pre-match promo even said, I'm not a bear. <laughs> it was kind of Mirai kind of just looked at her and kind of smiled like, okay, you know, I, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, I was a big fan of uh, Mirai locking in the double wrist lock, you know, getting towards the end. I always think it's smart that if you're going to have a title match go to a count especially if you're going to do a return or you're going to keep the challenger strong, is you need to keep the the challengers on top. I mean, we've seen it with Sherry and Utami last year. Sherry got the final blow on Utami uh, when they went to what well, was when they went to the double knockout and you saw it here. Mariah had the double wrist lock locked on. Time limit expired. And then I thought it was smart. I mean your time limit expired, everyone figures well you, you gotta be doing a return match. Huzuki, you know, from the FWC, the champions, she laid out the challenge, which I thought was very commending of the babyface tag team saying, you know, we had time limit draw. That's not good enough. We're coming back here on the twenty fourth. Let's do it again. So it's like you know, there's gonna be a rematch set. People want to know when's it gonna be. When I'm gonna see it. How am I gonna get tickets? And Huzuki right away was like, you know, I'm already gonna. It's already fresh in the people's minds. Let's you know. Let's bring it back. Let's bring. Let's let's plug the date. It's an old promoters trick. Let's plug the date. Here's when it is. If you want to see it, boom. Uh, there you go. Um, four stars four stars, and I'm excited to see the rematch, which will be set on the next pay-per-view, which we'll get into a whole bunch of matches that they previewed. Show from 7-3, uh, so the day before the 4th of July here in the States. Lady C defeated uh, Saki Kashima and Waka in a three, uh, three-way 3 dance. Uh, she got the roll-up on Waka, five minutes and six seconds, three stars. Match number two saw Julian May Sakurai of Donald mundo defeat uh, Momo Kogo and uh, Kogama. that this was a really solid match. Momo Kogo was... They're doing a really good job building her up for her match with the Zumi, which will, to me, stole the show. But again, we'll get into that as the main portion of this of the show. I thought they did a really good job with her in all these shows leading up to it. Backdrop Driver gets the win for Julia, three and three fourth stars, nine minutes forty nine seconds. Match number three saw the Donald Dumb team Micah, Himika Natsupoi, my Himipoi, defeat the team of Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe, and Ruwaka. So you have the old. Artist Stardom Champions versus two thirds of the new one. So you knew this was going to be good. We kind of figured where it was going to go. You knew Ruwaka was going to eat the pin. He's a big fan of the stuff we saw between Momo and Hemika. A lot of stiff shots. Not not a lot of pull back there, which you knew you were going to get. Big fan of Hemika's uh, new rolling lariat. She added that to her moveset. We saw that quite a bit here this weekend. And right into the midjinoka driver, 11 minutes, 36 seconds, three and a half stars. Match number four, I was a big fan of the, these final few matches. I thought, I think I even tweeted out, I was like, wow, this was, you just had to wait a couple days and you pretty much got it out free on Stardom. Well, not free, but if you subscribe to the service, like it wasn't like an added show or anything like that. So I thought, I thought these last three matches were absolutely fantastic. Match number four saw the God's Eye trio of Shuri, Murai, and Amy Sori defeat Mayu Uitani, Hazuki, and Saya Ida of stars. I thought this was this was terrific. Murai gets the tap uh, for the double wrist lock on uh, Saya Ida. Mayu looked excellent, as always. We saw a lot of Mayu and Sherry going back and forth, and then towards the end, Mayu running from Sherry, which I thought was, was hilarious. Suzuki's always, she's she's fantastic. Her, their, her stuff was, was really good, especially her stuff with Amy Sawyer, her stuff with Mirai. You know, whenever I see them in the ring together, not that I didn't enjoy the finals with Koguma and Mirai from the Cinderella tournament, but I think everybody thought it was going to be Hazuki and Mirai. So whenever I see them making magic in the ring, I always think, man, if they would have just gotten... You know, twelve or eleven minutes for that final of the uh of the Cinderella tournament. But hey, be that as it may, I'm not gonna tell anybody inside them how to do their job because they are doing a fantastic job. I thought the Mirai and uh, Saya stuff as well. Them just beating the crap out of each other. Them kind of being, well, I don't know. Say the the two heavy hitters of the group. Obviously, Eat is the heavy hitters of Stars, but pretty much everybody in God's eye. They're just they're just bruisers. But I was a big fan of that, the the Strike Fest and the Chop Fest. I thought that was really good. I'm a big fan of how, like, Hazuki and Mayu Utani, how they gel really well together on the tag teams. You know, I said earlier uh, on the show before that I'm a big fan of Hazuki and uh, Mayu doing the double dives. And then, you know, come to think of it, Mayu and Momokogo and Mayu and Kogama have really good chemistry as well. So you're kind of wondering with the uh, Goddess of Storm tournament creeping around the corner here in the next few months, which member of stars she's gonna team with? I'm knocking on wood fingers crossed, hoping it's nobody from stars. I'm kinda of hoping that it's gonna be Yoshirai. How awesome would it be that if we get Thunder Rock in this already loaded tag tournament? Maybe I'm just wishing upon a star here, folks, but hey, every boy can dream. Um I'd say five stars, absolutely fantastic. Match number five saw the Queen's Quest team, Sai Kamatani, Yutami, Ashista, and Azumi defeat the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Yunagi, and Mina. Again, another fantastic match. I thought that the final stretch with uh, Yutami and Yunagi was really, really good. They really made Yunagi shine here. Again, I, I can't say enough about how how awesome the trio of Sai, Yutami, and Azumi is. really seems like they've been getting a lot more, just the three of them. You know, sometimes they'd have like the tag or sometimes they have an eight person with lady c so you kind of know it's like okay you know Lady C's taking the fall when you see saya Utami, and azumi in a match you're just not sure you're probably like well they're, you know you have two champions in the in the in the former right you know two current champions azumi being the high speed champion Saya kamatani the wonder of stardom champion and then you have the former or world of stardom champion uh, Utami, who held the belt for over a year and the leader of queen's quest and somebody I expect to make a deep, deep run in the five-star. I wouldn't be shocked if she wins it. So when you see these three together, you know that you're going to be in for a treat. And this was a treat. This this was uh, absolutely fantastic. I was a big fan of um, how they made Yunagi look really, really strong. That Queen's Quest, they needed like some double-teaming and triple-teaming. As Yunagi was building up steam, getting towards the finish that they had to, uh, they had to get some double and triple-teams to kind of cut her off. Uh, they did the magic killer dropkick combination followed by a big German suplex to put away to the put away Unagi. So it was like they had a hit, a triple team move. And then one of you Tommy's big finishers, you know, to get the pinfall uh, 18 minutes, 26 seconds, German suplex, four stars. And obviously the stuff with Tam, Tam and you Tommy looked really, was really well. Tam and Azumi was really good. And obviously Sai and Tam have really good chemistry together. I was a big fan of the Mina and you Tommy stuff as well. You know, two, two big hitters. I, I always say on this podcast, I'm a big fan of M- Mina strikes you know, the forearms, the rolling forearm, the uh, the kicks have been improving. The submissions have been improving. Your selling's improving. And the insecurity. So that will take us to New Blood 3. Okay, so uh, this took place on the 8th of July. First match, May Sakurai gets the win over Yuri uh, with a Gordbuster. I had that at three stars. Amy Sori gets the win over and some of these names I'm going to get wrong and butcher. and I apologize. Versus Ninami, Uh basically a glorified squash. Uh, with the to- Torture Act gave it three stars. Match number three saw the stars team of Saeeda, Kogo, and Hana defeat the, the girls from Tap Out. Um, I was a big fan of our JTL, just Tap Out. I was a big fan of how they they tease Hana and Aoi, because uh, I think that's going to be the next match coming down the line. And Hana and Inaba, who just the week before, had a fantastic 15-minute time limit drop. Uh, the Stars team gets the win I at three and a quarter stars. Match number four, probably my favorite New Blood match uh, of these three shows of all time. Mirai and Suzu Suzuki. Oh, boy, this was this is great. They had they started off with some really good chain wrestling, some catch wrestling going, going back and forth. Suzu Suzuki, the way she engages with the crowd is really, really good. You now, for somebody who kind of coming in was labeled as just like a deathmatch wrestler, she really can do it all. I mean, we know she can do the deathmatches. She does a lot of the high-impact stuff, the striking stuff. We saw her hang with Mariah on the mat. <sighs> Sorry, excuse me. Need another drink there. Um, and then she's really good with crowd psychology and, you know, knowing when to sell, know when to pump up the crowd, know when to work the crowd. She's really, really smart. She's really somebody that could do it all, and I'm really excited to see what she's going to do in this five-star because so I don't think I've seen any of her stuff outside of Stardom. And everything I've seen from her, Reza Sarah uh, I'm uh, blown away. But I like Suzu Suzuki just a little bit more. Maybe it's just the last name, Suzuki. I'm not sure. I'm a giant fan of Minoru Suzuki. But anywho, that might be a little poll for myself um, at the end of the five-star. Who had a better five-star? Was it uh, Reza Sarah or was it Suzu Suzuki? I'm a big fan of how Marai. Uh, when she got Suzu down, she was laying in forearms. She basically had her in a mounted. Um, I'm sorry. She was yeah. She was in the mount. Uh, suzu was in the guard and she had like a top wrist lock i'm like oh that's cool i don't i haven't seen you know i'm obviously a big fan of the double wrist lock a big fan of how murray works the double wrist lock so i thought it was cool how she put in the top wrist lock and then she transitioned to the double wrist lock and that was really cool that's like old school uh, jiu-jitsu that's really old 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 school billy robinson carl gotch even josh barnett style catch wrestling which uh, made me pop huge i was a big fan of that Mirai goes for the Mirai shock. suzu slips out it's a german suplex time limit draw four stars absolutely fantastic match uh then after the match basically sets up for um the new stardom show uh they're going to be doing suzu suzuki and reza sarah versus Julie and May sakurai in a hardcore match so uh stardom showcase yeah, that's what it's called stardom showcase so there's that and i know we talked about it last show they're doing a three-way coffin match with the grim reaper versus saikama versus starlight kid so Basically, a rematch for the match of the year, which we'll get it, plus the Grim Reaper and a coffin, which we'll get into. But I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the Stargum Showcase. But uh, be there as it may, match number five Wakasumiana versus Rana, Rana Chao didn't care for this match. They just didn't have chemistry. I appreciated the, uh, how they built this with all the powder spots on the press conferences and Rasio Gawa getting the power powder, and I think like two other people uh I, to me this just didn't gel didn't gel at all waka gets rolled up after getting hit with a face full of powder two stars match number six saw Uh weight Tai versus basically the cosmic colors as they're calling them mina yunagi yukoa and um uh, and uh sakurai excuse me i thought this was really good uh it was a really solid job they made the colors team look really good again a lot a lot of people still not familiar with colors me being one of them uh, and I also thought it was really smart how starlight kid, as soon as she locked in the black ta- tiger lay crusher, Yuko tapped out really quick. So that was basically showing, okay, that is a huge move. That's going to be a huge threat when she challenges Sai Kamatani for the World of Stardom Championship. Uh, and it played into a big part of the match, like I said, we'll, we'll get into. Match number, I uh, had that match at three and a half stars. Match number seven, the main event of super rookie, as I'm calling her, Miyu Amasaki versus Julia. I said last week, Julia was going to take care of Miu. She sure did. You know, she gave her not a lot. She gave her enough. I um, mean, Miu's only been wrestling a handful of months. And Julia is somebody that is, you know, we're coming up here on the, the five-star starting here at the end of the month. Somebody that a lot of people are predicting that she's either going to go really far, she's going to win one of the blocks, or she's going to win the whole thing. Uh, personally, I think she's winning the whole thing. When I do my preview and prediction show in a few weeks, that might change. But a lot of people have her at least at least being in contention to win one of the finals going into the final night. I don't think there's many people that think that you know, she's only going to have like six or seven or eight points. So it's like, well, you don't want to make this a 50-50 match. This was more, or even really 60-40. This was like maybe a 70-30. But everything that you did makes sense. You know, she really gave her a couple flash pinfalls towards the end. Uh, she let her hit that sit-out pedigree. I thought that, her, you know, her selling was really good. The match didn't go too long. And I thought that, like, her placement where she had to, like, me was really good at being at the right place at the right time. Where something you can't teach, that's like an experience thing. That's something that sometimes it takes, like, three, four, five, six years to teach. That she's pretty much almost there already. The fact that she only been wrestling a handful of months it just blows me away. And I think this is the smart thing that she, that they're doing with her. They're putting her in the ring with the right people. You know, she's been in there with Utami. She's been in there with Carvey. She's been in there with Tam. You know, now she's in there with Julia in the main event of a show that drew over 400 people. She's able to engage the crowd. She's able to take the pressure and do, do well. Uh, and again, Julia did a really good job of protecting her and making sure that that she looked good and not that really she needed much help but that's basically what you do when you're at the one of the when you're at in a company doesn't matter if it's an independent drawing 50 people or you're wrestling in front of eighty thousand people at wrestlemania if you're the vet and somebody new is coming up that's your job is to make them look better you make them look better you look better the match looks better the company looks better wrestling in general look you know looks better and that's what uh, julia did here uh julia julia gets the win with a glorious driver i had this at three and a half stars really really enjoyed it okay moving on to the main event of this show and again i will get a drink because there is a lot lot to talk about here okay stardom midsummer's championship attendance of 1204 people another fantastic uh showing you know over over a thousand people that's obviously a huge huge number I'm not sure what they did. I mean, this thing was talked about – this thing. This pay-per-view was talked about a lot of people. You can see this thing trending on Twitter hours after it happened. Like I said, Dave Meltzer tweeted out. He did his, you know, thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. What was the best match? What was the worst match? And he said that he has to do it for the Wrestling Observer because of popular demand. So, hey, Stardom Cast listeners, if you're tweeting and emailing Dave Meltzer, keep it up because the more eyes you get on this product, it's pretty much just better for everyone. I think Stardom, especially after this show, is the best wrestling company in the world. I really, really do. Uh, that's just my opinion. You can take your leave it. Chances are, if you listen to this podcast, I hope you're not hate listening. But <laughs> chances are, if you are, welcome. Hopefully, I'm um, Hopefully, I'm changing your opinion on this, and you're having a good time. But the chances are, if you're listening to this, that you're a big fan of Stardom as well. Okay, match number one from the main show. Saw uh, the future Stardom championship. We saw Sugiyama challenging Hanan for the. Uh, Future Stardom Championship. I really, um I talked about how I don't like it how when people don't have, they haven't won a couple matches and they get title shots. Like I talked about, like on the UFC, like I get, like, you know, I'm a big fan of Conor McGregor. Biggest draw in the history of MMA. Hand, yeah, whether you like him or not, you the numbers are the numbers. You can't deny them. But I don't like it how it's just like he's won one fight in like four or five years and they're saying when he comes back from his injury, that he's possibly he's going to get a title shot. Okay, I understand he's going to drop tickets, you know, whatever title he's going for. Champion's going to make a whole ton of money. Champion's probably going to win because Connor's not the same fighter he was four or five years ago. It's just the truth, folks. At the same time, it's like, well, what about the guy that's on a five-fight win streak, a six-fight win streak? What about the guy that's fought and won four times in tw- you know in the last year? I kind of, you know, for Stardom, who takes a lot of the wrestling seriously, I kind of just didn't understand this. But be that as it may, this match was fantastic. I thought... Either as far as title defenses go, I thought either this or the end of a match that Hannah Hot had, you know, just a few weeks prior was her best defense. So she had two fantastic defenses, you know, back to back, and I thought this was by far Waka's best match. I thought this was uh, Waka's best match. I thought it was terrific. A uh, good solid wrestling to start. Nice build. Waka gets several near near falls in the beginning. A lot of people were building on uh, her near falls. She had a lot. She had a, you know a lot you know building towards the finish. Hannah hits the Famouser. They're in the Plex for the win. The crowd was hot for this. They were biting into a lot of Wakas near falls. And I'll be honest, I really thought that there was a point in this match where she hit, like, two of them in a row that I thought waka was winning. Usually it's like, ah, she's not going to get a win. She's not going to get a win. I think a lot of people were thinking she'd get her first win over May Sakurai. That ship might have sailed. So, like, it wouldn't have surprised me if, like, this is what they're going to do, especially the way this match is building. Like I said, even I bet at, like, Four in the morning. I think that, behind this, you know, here in the East Coast of America, I think that I almost, like, jumped out of my chair at, like, ten after four because I thought Waka was going to win the belt. I thought, Like I said, I thought this was fantastic. Three and three fourth stars. Excellent way to start this pay-per-view. Match number two, Miu Amasaki and Yutami, representing Queen's Quest versus Mariah and Amy Sori, kind of figured that after the time limit draw and they announced on the next pay-per-view, which uh, is the 24th of July, that Mariah and Amy sorry, they're getting another title shot. So you kinda of figure what's going on here. Uh my biggest complaint in this match, not enough Utami. You know, it's a big show, it's a pay-per-view, you have over a thousand people here. Utami's one of your biggest stars. She really wasn't the match too too much. I understand they wanted to highlight me, you, and they did. She looked real impressive here. Uh she showed a lot of aggression. Uh, ring positioning was really good. Her timing's fantastic. Amy and Utami, their stuff that they did was uh, was really good, but it just wasn't it wasn't enough. I kinda wanted to see more Utami here. Um and basically Eventually, Amy, Sori, and Yutami, halfway through the match, they almost, like, isolated each other. And it became a glorified singles match between uh, Miyu and Mirai, which I'm not complaining about. I thought was really, really good. Miyu gets several near falls, but she gets drilled with the left at Larry and then Murai shock. I had this one at three and three-fourth stars, so same as the first one as well. But again, not enough Yutami, but that's just me. Match number three was the Uedotai team of Rina, Ruaka, Fukin Death and Saki Kashima. Versus the stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, Kogama, and Saya Ida. Pretty much once after they get done with the comedy, and when you know when you get Mayu and Fukun and Death in the uh, in a ring, and especially if there's more than one other person, you're gonna get some comedy, some well timed comedy. Like I guess I like comedy when it's done right. Like Cole Cabana, I think like he's one of the best at it uh, when it's done right. Which which. For the most part, stars does right, and they don't they don't overdo it. You know you can't keep everything serious, especially for how serious like, the last like ninety minutes of the show was. So I understood like this was kind of like the comic relief, and you had the right wrestlers to do it. And like I said, they didn't overdo it, and the timing and everything I thought was really good. But then after that, the action you know was pretty much nonstop. Saki and Mayu they gel together so well. They did uh, they did their teaser spots really good. Uh, there's good really good double uh, double teams and triple teams and quadruple teams from both uh, the the weight of team and the Stars team as well. Rina hits the double knees and the Pink Devil on Saeeda for the win. I thought maybe this might have been a little bit too short as well, but then again, you had to kind of save everything. Towards the end, I had this one at three and a half stars. I was shocked by the finish. I figured the Stars team would get the win, and then I figured, well, if Aweiro Tai is going to get the win, it's either going to—it's probably going to be Saki Kashima rolling somebody up with a Kishi So, But that didn't happen, so I was kind of scratching my head until the next match. Match number four. You know what? And I kind of figured this was going to be good. I was kind of saying all along on social media, I think even last week when I did my preview, that it may not be the best match of the show, but it's going to be a match a lot of people are going to be talking about because not a lot of people. Everybody was really zeroing in on the two title matches and then the build up for the Donald DelMundo versus Cosmic Angels match, the way that they built it up over the last you know few weeks with Tam and Natsapoye. So, this match is kind of almost put on the back burner. And after this show, everybody was talking about this. And everybody was talking about Momo Kogo. I mean, we all see how well she's improving. We all agree Azumi's fantastic. She's having a run of her life. Yeah, run of her life at only 19 years old. Uh, she's having an absolute dynamite year. I think, like, for my, like, if the year ended now, I think I'd have Azumi, like, fourth. I don't know. You know, between Sherry and. Saya would be, you know, one or two, and then probably Okada, and then like Azumi. A where I think, like, I had Azumi before this match, like maybe Ishii or Tanahashi, like ahead of her, but she totally jumped the line here. And I mean, and they did a really good job building Momo Kogo up for this match, the way that they had her highlight in some of the tag matches and how they highlighted that she's doing some high speed stuff. But uh, again, I thought this was going to be good. I didn't think this was going to be th- this good. I mean, this was fantastic. Momo wasn't messing around. So many cool things she did with the 619. Uh, the way, like, she did the 619 uh, DDT, the way she did the 619 to cut Azumi off from the second rope. You know, she sees that Azumi's a threat when she's on that top rope, probably going for a double stomp or, you know, something with the arm. So I thought that was good how, she, you know, she would constantly, like, that was her go-to. Almost like how, like, the the lariats from your are her go-to or, like, how the uh, drop kick from Okada is, like, his go-to to kind of stop somebody in their tracks where she's using the 619 or the tiger fake kick, you know, whatever you want to call it. Her timing and her ring position, you know, it's always been good since I've seen her. It's on a completely different level now. I mean, you can tell her that, you know, Mayu's really done a good job taking her under her wing, showing her certain things and her selling. You see a little bit of Mayu selling in Momo Kogo. And I think I said before, I think Mayu's the greatest female seller of all time. And I think I have her in my top five overall sellers of all time. Folks, I've watched a lot of wrestling, you know, in my 40 years on this planet. Liked how uh, when Azumi was going for like a lot of her big spots, Momo had her well scouted. Like, there was a lot of things you can see she was frustrating Izumi in the first couple minutes. Like, she was keeping up with her high speed and she was almost like out, Azumi oh, Azumi Azumi's such a star, though. Everything she does look good. Like, you know, her selling, the way that she made sure she was in the right place at the right time for Momo. Uh, she's just really, really good. Uh, there was a lot of times that, just like in the first match with the Waka match, with Waka in the near falls, I thought they were maybe flipping the bell. I thought, oh, you know, maybe they're flipping the belt, and then, you know, Zumi's going to go on a run on the five-stock. Um, you know, there was, like I said, there was a couple times uh, that, that they had me going, but Zumi finally catches Momo's arm, brings a little bit more psychology into this, uh, this match. You know, the doubles, you know, so she went from, like, working the arm, slowing her down, going for the double stomp, and then they kind of straight near falls back and forth. Again, big fan of how, like, Momo Kogo, she countered, like, the Izumi Sushi, basically almost used Zumi's momentum against her. I thought that was really good. Eventually, she gets caught in the numero uno, and then she pulls back on it, has her right in the middle of the ring, and then she's got to do the verbal tap. Four and a half stars. Momo Kogo's best match. We saw Wakasukiyama, in my opinion, match number one had her best match. Momo Kogo had her best match here. And Azumi, you know, other than the Mesa Gore defense, this is my my favorite defense from her. You know, the Kogo one was, was really good. Uh obviously the match she beat Starlight Kid for for the belt was excellent. So Azumi is just on an absolute tear. Absolute tear. Just 19 years old. Crazy. Oh, then after the match, uh, Zumi's selling. She's trying to catch her breath, and then Rena comes off with a double knees, and she declares herself the new number one contender. And I was like, oh, well, that's smart. We just saw Rena. You know, we just saw Rena get the win on the last match, and we weren't sure why, and here we see it. And when this match actually started, I was like, that's weird. They usually do the title, all the title matches at the end. You know, because we still have the uh, the Natsupoy, you know, Team Team Poi versus Team Tam elimination style match. Why are they doing this here? And then, I, I, you know, obviously from the result, you know, the big shock here that happened at the end of that match, that's why you kind of had to flip it. Plus, it's like it's fresh in everybody's minds. Like, wow, you out of all the stars in the match on a show with over 1,000 people that's getting a lot of buzz on pay-per-view, Rena gets the win. Now, that's kind of odd. But now you see why. The only thing that I would do, and again, nothing I'm going to tell anybody and start to do their job, is the la pretty much the main image you see to set up for the high speed match with Rena and Azumi is the double knees. So instead of having Rena go over Sai Iida with the pink devil, I would have had her go over with the double knees because that's what you're establishing with Izumi. So I would, I mean, if you want to hit the pink devil, you hit the pink devil one, two, maybe Mayu breaks it up, then you do a whole thing where the other three members of the team pitch each other out, and then she goes to the top rope and she hits the double knees that's the way i would have done it you you know you're making the double knees a threat you know it, it put a down so this way it sets up the challenge She maybe you should have had that to put side down that again that's just a nitpicky thing for me again match fantastic uh i i can't wait to watch it again i know this match just this whole show just went up on stardom world i think i have some a little bit of free time this weekend maybe a little bit not much but i'm definitely gonna go back and watch at least these last three or four matches from this show when I do have time, because I do have a lot of recording I have to do for the Patreon. As always, to our Patreon listeners, thank you so much. And if you're thinking about joining the Patreon, I will tell you what we have coming up at the end of this podcast. All right. Match number five was the elimination match of Team Mundo, which was Natsupoy, Julia, Micah, Himika, May Sakurai, versus the Cosmic Angels team of Nakano, Saki, Mina, Yunagi, and uh, Haraka. We thought, I wasn't sure if tecla was going to be in this match tecla did come out and you know she you know waver the crowd i believe she will be she should be cleared probably in a week or so she i believe she will she will be cleared to compete at the five star grand prix it's smart you know keep her out make sure she's fully healed any bumps or bruises or you know sore injuries that she has um you know prior let her heal up and then let her like her big comeback be at the start of the five star. You know, that's just another cool thing about the five. So there's so many cool little storylines going on. And we're just gonna throw another mini one at you with uh with Tecla coming back. So and she got a nice little reaction. She got a nice reaction. So I thought that was really good. Obviously the main crux of this match is the angle that happened beforehand. But I'm just gonna kinda just breeze through everything and then we'll talk about the angle, what I liked, you know, what I didn't like, where I think they that they might be going. So but this match was great. Um I was a big fan of uh the strike exchange between uh, Mina and Himika. Again, big fan of Mina's Mina strikes. They've come a long way. She looks really, really good. A uh, lot of really quick action, you know, to get started. I was a big fan of uh, Saki. I thought Saki stuff against somebody I've only seen a couple matches before. I thought they did a good job in this match highlighting her. Considering the fact that, you know, really, I think they could put, like, three of these members of Cosmic Angels, Donald, Del Mundo, probably could have set each other on fire. I don't think anybody were, would have remembered it because of the shocking ending. But um, I... I my, highlighted my notes. I thought they did a good job highlighting Saki. You know, building her up for, uh, for the five star. May winds up uh, big, basically big booting Mina and Himika to eliminate them. Really good double team work from the Colors team. I thought that was really good. Uh, Hiroko eliminates uh Misakari with a spin kick. It was like a, almost like a shining wizard spin kick. I thought the way that she hit her, I thought was really good. Really impressed by there. Michael Mike hits the Roaring Lariat and the uh, Michinoka drive around Yunagi. And then she hits uh, the Majinoka drive around Haraka. I thought that was really cool how it's like she just rolled right through two of them. She goes basically for the third one um, on Saki. Saki spins out and then she basically rolls up Micah. So I thought it was really smart for the final four. You knew you were gonna have Tam. You knew it was gonna be Tam and somebody versus Julia Natsupoy. Even though this is kind of Natsupoy's match because of the way they built Tam and Poi up, Julia's leader down Del Mundo. She's going along in the five-star. Everyone thinks that she's probably going to be the next champion. So you know that she was going to be there towards the end, but you didn't, weren't sure who was going to be with Tam. I thought it might have been Mina, just the way they've been pushing her. I was like, ah, that makes sense. You know, we, we're pushing Saki. We don't know much about her. We want to put a spotlight on her. That makes sense. So I thought that was uh, that was really good. Julia up eliminating Saki. So basically, we have the two-on-one. We have not supporting Julia. They take Tam to the outside. They're going strikes back and forth. Tam's in the middle. Julia's to Tam's right. Poise to the left. They're going back and forth. Tam's holding her own. They're teasing. Who's gonna go out? You know, they do. They did a really good job of like teasing. Somebody's gonna teeter totter off the uh, off the apron for the elimination. And if you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you've seen it. Um, I'm sure if, even if you didn't see the pay per view yet, you, they, you've seen everything on social media. The gifts, the clips. But Julia grabs Tam's center for German suplex and wants not to avoid a super kicker so they can get a super. Kick German suplex uh, combination. As Natsupoy gets to Tam's face, Tam ducks down. Natsupoy puts her leg back down and then super kicks Julia. And then Tam looks at Natsupoy. They, uh, Natsupoy looks back at Tam. Really good spacing, really good timing. They let the crowd breathe, they let the turn happen. The camera angle is perfect. You see Natsupoi's demeanor change. You see Tam. She looks confused. But at the time, now she understands that Natsupoi is on the same page as her. That basically the two matches that they had, this, that brutal singles match at Cork and Hall and the cage match uh, just a few days prior, that basically Tam beat the respect into her, not out of her. I would say like into her. Like, hey, this is, you know, this is, you need to be walking the Tam's road. She kind of maybe beat that into her and it finally clicked at the final moments of the match. So I thought that was really smart how they didn't rush into the German suplex superkick spot onto Julia to eliminate Julia. And then that's eliminates herself. So uh, Cosmic Angels and Tam could win. But they did a good job waiting for the right moment for like they got that <gasps> from the crowd. You can even hear it on the Japanese announcers who were fantastic. Like they were just beside themselves and they, you know, they waited for the right time to, OK, now let's go to the finish um, and then basically everybody says their piece and they, nobody was happy with Matsupoy And finally, you know, we get the turn. I thought the match, the main thing of the match, obviously folks, is the turn. you know, the, the finish. I didn't see coming. Some people said that they saw it coming. Now I did not see it coming at all. I mean, I remember this happened. It was like five to six in the morning and I had my, it, in my house, I had obviously my daughter, my wife, my two nephews, uh, 11 and 8 they stayed over and i literally like gasped and like jumped out like on my chair and almost like i don't think cussed but like it was almost a little loud i don't want i don't want to wake anybody up like i said i got up like 10 to 4 to watch the show and it was a little before six and again it's you know one it's a saturday and two it's the summer so everybody had the opportunity to sleep in well except for me because i'm 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 a savage but uh, this match alone I had I had it at four starts. I thought the match was solid. I thought everything was placed real well. I thought like I said, Saki looked really good. I was a big fan of you know I'm obviously a huge fan of Micah. every time every time I see her out there I, get, I become more and more of a fan. I'm a big fan of like how she just rolled through people in this. like they made her look like a monster in like 10 seconds, like just back to back Michinoku drivers. but obviously the finish. Now okay, here's what I didn't like and I, I've seen I've seen these turns happen before. Like, I don't understand, like, Natsapoy is, and I think we talked about this when Momo turned on Queen's Quest, which I think everybody saw that coming. I think every I remember watching the match, and I'm like, I just don't, I know this is coming, I just don't want to watch it. It's like watching a horror movie, you know the bad guy's going gonna to at least, you know, get, you know, kill whoever, or, we, you know, because it's, it's only halfway through the movie or whatever. But it's just like, I just don't want to watch this. Like, I, do, I just don't want to see Momo turning on Queen's Quest. I'm just a huge fan of Momo, just a huge fan of her being the leader of that faction. This, I did, like I said, I did not see coming. I didn't at all, but anyway, what I was trying to say is, I don't understand like when Momo turned, you uh, she was already she was really going hot and heavy, like beating up a lot of the members of Aoi Tie, especially Starlight Kid, and then you're gonna turn. It's just like when do you know you're turning? Like, was your plan all along? Was this like? And I understand it's a work, but let's you know, let's you know, let's not, uh, you know, let let's let's enjoy wrestling, you know, for what it is. Like, that's the point. I was doing the same thing. Like, her and Tam were really going at each other and, you know, slapping each other, hitting, hitting each other with, with stiff strikes. So it's like, when do you know you're going to do the turn? Like, it's one thing if, like, you're going to do the turn and it's just like you're not going to tag in or you're just going to hype that person up or something, you know, something. Like, I remember when Tugboat, this is how long ago this was. Like, it was like 90 or 91, when Tugboat turned on, I think it was the Bushwhackers, but he never got into the match. And he joined Jimmy Hart's team. Jimmy Hart's team, and he joined Earthquake. And eventually, they became the Natural Disasters. And he turned into Typhoon. But I remember, like, he never got into the match. He just kept like doing like his his gimmick on the apron. I did not think that I'd talk about tugboat on this podcast. But here's my point of here's here's what I'm trying to get at. Like, he never tagged in. He never tagged in because he didn't want to harm the other members of what was going to be his team. So if, when he got in, as soon as he got in, he turned on the other team. So it's like that turn I understand. You had that turn playing all along. Where it's like Natsupoi and Momo, when they did their turns, where they were beating up members of the other faction. But that's just me being nitpicky. Uh, I think this is really cool, though. I think this is really cool because now you're really. First of all, when May Sakurai left Cosmic Angels to join Julian Donald Del Mundo, Tam told her, I'm not going to forget this, Julia. I'm not going to forget this. And she went after, you know, obviously one of her main members, and she got her. And we're adding another member to Cosmic Angels, so it's like, holy jeepers, they're going by the bunch. But I think it's cool, because you're going to see Tam and Natsupoi, in, I think, a lot of tag matches. And I think you may see them probably tag up in the Goddess Stardom tag late. The only thing that I don't want to see is I don't want to see Min and Yunagi kind of pushed further down the ladder. Because they've really busted their ass to get to where they are, and I'm a really big fan of them as a tag team. Obviously, the spotlight is a big spotlight on Tam for obvious reasons. There's even more of a spotlight on Natsapoy. You've kind of just turned Natsupoy into like maybe an upper mid-carder. To now it's like you can start putting her in main events. You can put her in a main event against uh, Julia. Like in, It doesn't have to be for a title match. You can put Tam and Natsapoy in a main event against Julia and Sakurai right, or Julia and Tekla, or Mike and Himika, and you can put that in a Cork and Hall show and draw eight 900 people, obviously with a solid undercard underneath it. So there's a lot of different things that you can do here. Like, so, like I said, I'm excited for it, excited to see where it goes. I didn't see it coming. It's completely blindsided me. And the I the best thing this does is this puts a lot more focus on Natsupoy and the five star. I don't think she's gonna win it, but we know they pretty much an hour after the turn, they highlighted on you know on this date. This is when Julia and Natsupoi are gonna wrestle each other in the five star. was like, oh snap. That match just has so much more steam behind it. I think you're gonna see Natsupoy getting a lot of victories. I think you're going to see her have a couple of draws. I don't think she's going to be eating a lot of pinfalls. I'm thinking coming out of the five-star, she might go back and challenge Saya. She may challenge Sh- Sherry. Uh, I think she's going to have a heck of a run in the five-star. You know, we talked about, you know, Tam's going to have a good run. Sherry's a champion going in, but she's dominant. Uh, Micah will have a really good run. I think is going to have a good, really good run. You, you know, Julia, starlight kid. What's Saya Kamatani? Arguably the rest of the year, who's to say that she's not going to blow it out of the water? You know, what about Momo? Uh, you know, obviously, after the main event, she's got something she's got to prove. And obviously, you Tommy as well. So now it's like, oh, man, we're, we're going to put a focus on not supporting this thing. You know, as if this tournament wasn't loaded enough, now we have another, you know, fantastic reason to watch it. So, yeah, I'm excited to, to, to see what happens. So, like I said, uh, the only negative thing that, or not negative thing, like the only thing that I don't want to see is I don't want to see Mina and Yunagi. Pushed down the ladder because they worked their asses off to get where they are. And I would kind of like to see them kind of go on a big run. And maybe get some tag title shots down the line. So we shall see. So poor Starlight Kid and Sai Kamatani had the task to follow that. Not only a solid match, but what was, you know, the turn of the year. Angle, maybe angle, you know, something people didn't see coming. I mean, just basically took the air out of the room. People were shocked and exhausted. So they had the task to follow that. And follow that they did by probably what was the stardom match of the year. And I thought it was really smart by them starting slow. Uh, I thought, you know, that well, they didn't, excuse me, they didn't start slow. They teased going for, you know, suplexes and star crushers. So they started that and then they went to slow. And how they slowed it down, I thought was really smart. Ref gets distracted. Saya, Saya's on the rampway. She gets hit in the knee with the chair. Saya tries to make her come back, force a habit, she tries to do the handspring. I was even thinking as soon as she's doing it, I was like, I hope she doesn't complete it. She couldn't complete it, her knee buckles, and now we go into some old school psychology, which I thought was really good. And, um, this is one thing we haven't really seen Saya do a lot of, not do a lot of, but like, we talk about like how great she is at certain things, but now it's like, I was even thinking to myself, ooh, we're gonna see like, if Saya can take her selling to like the next level. And she really did here. And then because she couldn't really put any pressure on the knee, she had to rely on a lot of strikes. She couldn't rely on her speed or flashing flashy moves. She had to rely on strikes. So it was like two different wrinkles of the game of Saiya Kamatani, arguably wrestler of the year. So now we're seeing something different. And I thought she blew both those two sections, the selling and the striking, completely out of the water. I thought she was fantastic. Uh, I, I thought that was like so that was excellent. She had to rely on the strikes. Starlight Kid winds up bailing to the floor after getting hit with a couple of strikes. sai guts through the pain. You can see... And she's like slapping that knee, and she's really just gutting through the pain, trying to trying to get after uh, Starlight Kid. I thought that was that was really good because you could really feel the crowd, like you know, like they were with her, uh, thinking you know, they were with her on it. Eventually, she guts through it. She hits a springboard plancha, picks picks up uh, Starlight Kid, hits a Northern Light suplex on the floor. Starlight Kid uh, winds up cutting Side goes back to the knee, dragon screw on the apron. I thought that was really good, and then uh, hits a Tiger Suplex on the apron, and then an Asai moonsault. So I thought it was cool how they how she strung those moves together. Great exchanges uh, back and forth. The crowd is really coming up really hot. Starlight Kid uh, uh, eats a knee off the moonsault. I thought that was uh, that was really good. She can't follow up um, because of, uh, well, Starlight Kid, excuse me, Sarley Kid goes for the moonsault. Sai Kamatani puts her knees up, uh, Starley, but Sai Kamatani can't follow up because she used her knee, her bad knee, to basically almost save her. So I thought that was another cool wrinkle in the psychology. Uh, Starlight Kid winds up going back to the knee. She gets the uh, Black Tiger Crusher around her for a near tap. The crowd is really hot. I thought even the camera angle was so perfect here because Saya is trying to get the ropes and she's so close. And she one point, she puts her hand on the rope and it slips off. And then she uses her hand to pull to get closer to the ropes. Where the camera angle was, it looked like when she put her hand on the mat to pull herself that it was a tap. So for like a half a second, I thought she tapped out. But then she just pulled herself. And just the camera angle where it was was absolutely perfect. I thought that, that was fantastic. So, Saya gets the ropes. Starlight Kid pulls her off. She hits Tiger Suplex for two. Saya just won't stay down. The crowd is so hot. So behind Saya here. Saya counters a Tiger, Tiger Suplex into a Star Crusher, but can only get two. She sells back out. When she does, she uh, goes. She hits the, the double knees, and she hits it right you know, right to her back. And so many near falls back and forth with these inside cradles, with these schoolboys. Like, one, two, one, two. I thought that was great. Saya hits a uh, school uh, schoolboy Blue Thunder Driver uh, powerbomb. And then the Phoenix Flash for the three. I thought this was fantastic. The emotion, everything there was was real. The way that they countered each other was real. You know, uh, leading up into the finish, I uh, was a big fan of how Saya Kamatani was going for the her second Star Crusher. Starlight kid was able to almost like cartwheel midair out, and then she hits a hurricaran and then basically like twisted Saya's legs and almost like a European clutch. I thought that was a great near fall. On uh, the fact that when Saya was able to hit that blue thunder bomb. Where Starlight Kid was in the ring was just perfect. She's able to kind of, as you, as you see, she's going to the ropes. You can see this is her last gasp. I mean, the emotion that was coming through her and Starlight Kid selling, even with the mask and the crowd, I thought was fantastic. This, to me, was another five-star match from Sai Kamatani. Uh, she lasted at Flashing Champions. She stole the show with Mariah. I thought that was five stars. This is another one. I think I think she might have lapsed Siri as far as, like, the wrestler of the year, but I don't think this is a wrong answer. But, like, she is on an ultimate run. I mean, she is. You talk about the greatest. If her title reign was going to stop tomorrow, you'd have to put her up there with Momo and Arisa and maybe even Kari. If not, maybe even ahead of Kari. Uh, Again, we have to see where this thing ends. But She is on the absolute run of her life. And the fact that we saw two new sides to her. I mean, she's a pretty decent striker. But the fact that she had to rely on striking early on to create distance and the fact that, like, she was able to sell not that she wasn't a bad celebrity, any I mean, she's always a pretty good seller, but We never saw like that, like, selling like that long because of, you know, and just that's how much the title means to her and, and, and evicting that emotion from the crowd. And obviously it worked because she gets the star crusher and she gets the three count, excuse me, not the star crusher, the Phoenix slash, and she gets the three count. And the crowd is just, just so behind Saya. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Might be my favorite starter match of the year. Uh Really, probably number two overall match of the year between FTR and the Briscoes from the Ring of Honor pay-per-view a couple months ago. But it's absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to go back and watch it. And usually when I get up really early for these shows, whether it's a New Japan show or a Noah show, or a stardom show. There's usually uh, a match where it's like, okay, I'll close my eyes for 10 minutes, I'll set my timer, and if it's something I need to go back and watch, or even at the last, uh, last pay per view, when they were setting up the cage for Tam and Natsupoy, I was like, oh, okay, they're taking like an intermission. I can kind of close my eyes and catch a nap. I didn't need to. I didn't need to at all because from the Momo Kogo match on until <laughs> until I shut the, my TV off, this show was just absolutely crazy, and this to me was the pinnacle of it. Asaya Kamatani. I guess the win calls out Saki. And again, another reason why it's just like it's why they've been, you know, shining Saki up. I thought that they were just uh, shining her up just, you know, for the five star. But is like, no, I want to defend the belt against her. So I don't think unlike the Mirai match where I thought it was like there's maybe like a 55, 60 percent chance Saya was winning. And this one, I thought it was more it's like 65, 70. But still, there, was, there were some people that thought starlight kid was winning. I think it's, you know, 99 to one. I don't think anybody sees Saya losing. Not unless they're just going to hot chat the belt on Nisaki and maybe have Saya win the five-star because she's having on such a great year. And then we'll have Saya and Cherry for the championship. I don't know. I guess that's a route they can do. I didn't even think about it until I started Gavin. Yeah, I guess it's a possibility. But um, anyway, I just, I don't see that happening. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you're wrestling Mirai on a roll. Wins the Cinderella. Fantastic match. Starlight Kid have a phenomenal year you know she's gonna hold her on phenomenal match we don't know that much about saki so you're wondering kensai kamatani get a four and a quarter four and a half star match out of it i don't know but i'm excited excuse me i'm excited to see it i'm excited to see it so we have saki as the next challenger for uh midsummer's champions um the seventh pay-per-view on uh, seven twenty four. so that would be the co-main event that they set up saki leaves and then we hear some music and i'm not familiar with a lot of the older startup stuff but you can hear the crowd popping and you can see the shock and the scaredness basically on Saya's face. And then who comes out but the first world of stardom champion, the first ace of the company, Nene Takahashi. She comes out and says that she is Kari part Kari's partner, that she was talking about. I guess I was wrong on Tony Storm to reunite Seven Kari, and they will be taking on the team of Saya. I thought it was going to be Sai Kamatani, and Yutami, But Lady C comes out and says that, no, she wants a team with Saya, which uh, basically says we know who's taking the pinfall. Regardless, I'm a big fan of Lady C, big fan of how much she's improving, big fan of her throwing strikes and taking strikes. So you're going to see a lot of that. Plus, you know, we're going to be able to see Saya in the ring with Kari. Plus, we're going to see uh, Nene Takahashi. So... That is uh that's exciting. That's ex- that's exciting to bring a legend like that back. And I hopefully that I think that and I'm hoping that she's not the only former World of Stardom champion we see back in the stardom ring this year. I think we're gonna have two more, but that's just me hoping on hope. All right, let's get ready to bring this baby to a close. We get to the main event, the match we've all been waiting for. Momo Watanabe challenging Shuri for the World of Stardom Championship. Last year, they were in the finals of the five-star Grand Prix. My opinion, the best finals match in the history of the five-star Grand Prix and a match that was very high on my list and most people list for a match of the year. So a lot of expectations in this match were high. Did they meet? Uh, I'll say this. I'll get the one negative thing out of the way. It seemed like towards the end, it kind of got rushed. I think it was almost like... As if like I left to go make a sandwich and then I came back and like they were at a certain spot. It seemed like there's like three or four minutes that just seemed like it was missing. But it also seemed like there was a lot left on the table. Like they're going to do it again soon, which leads me to believe that there might be a possibility of Momo winning the five star. I don't think anybody sees that coming. And I think that Sarm was a good job kind of button hooking a lot of things. I don't think a lot of people saw Sherry winning the five star last year. I don't think anybody had Mariah winning the Cinderella. Like I said, not many people knew Natsupoy was returning. I think a lot of people have the five-star pegged for either Julia, Tim, or Yutami. But wouldn't be heartbroken if it goes to Momo. Uh, with that being said, absolutely loved the match. I loved it. It was like, again, you had the emotion of Azumi and Momo Kogo. You had the emotion taken out of the room with Natsupoy's turn, whether you liked it or disliked it. It basically was just like, people just like exhausted, like in a good way, like, holy jeepers. The motion was put back on with that fantastic performance with Starlight Kid and Saya Kamatani. So you figure the crowd would be tired going into this. They sure weren't. As Momo and Sherry were exchanging kicks, the crowd was really really into it. Lots of strikes to start, right up my alley. There's a one spot where Momo puts Saya, excuse me, Sherry up into the tree of woe, and she's talking crap to her. And then Saya, excuse me, Sherry slaps Momo. Momo laughs it off, and then boots poor Sherry right in the head. Ah, you knew there was a receipt coming. It was. Um, Momo's wearing down Sherry, basically getting the advantage. Like Sherry's supposed to be one of the top strikers, if not the top striker in Stardom. Uh, if not, you know, Momo's you know right there with her. But as far as the striking department, especially the first half of this first half of this match, Momo was dominated. I mean, just repeated kicks after kicks after kicks, pitches uh, Sherry to the outside. The one thing I kind of didn't like was a little bit of interference. Sherry was kind of making a little bit of a comeback, and there was a little bit of uh, a way to tie interference. I kind of understood, set up that punt kick that Momo was doing a Sherry on the outside. I was like, eh, you know, I kind of could have done without that a match at this magnitude. I, uh, You know, I didn't want anybody else, you know, kind of interfering, but it wasn't too much. Uh, Pile driving Shuri through the table. Um, and then she throws Shuri back. See, this is where it's like, OK, you're going to take it there. Now it's the time maybe to bring it down and then put it back up. Maybe have Shuri fight back a little, have Momo cut her off. Maybe have give Shuri a big comeback here. But not too far from there, Momo basically loads up the, like, your kick pad and hits the big punk kick. Uh, you know, with the wrench, uh, Shiri kicks out, and then Momo hits a locomotion, Pete Sunrise, three of them. Uh, She hit the one, she hit the two, which put Io down, and then she hit the three, and at first, I, when she hit the three, I was like, that no, nobody's kicking out of that. That It's over. And then she hit, this is where I kind of lost it for a second for me, is the ref counts to one, and Shiri's looking right at the ref. And I was like, oh, you folks know how much I hate that. I'm like, oh, shira you're like the best wrestler in the world oh you just completely you took it away you know you're looking right at the ref at it because again she hit after she hit the loaded kick with the wrench and three in a row of her finisher the uh the, the peach sunrise locomotion too the way she hanged on to that just moment was just a genius and i thought when the ref hit the one i'm like it's over and she stared right at the ref. my like, oh, gosh she's kicking out and she did but regardless guys i thought that was uh that was fantastic she goes for another peach thunder And Sherry gets her receipt back. Big knee, giant head kick. Another head kick for two. The ruin for two. And then the stretch uh, muffler, the white tiger for the tap out. I had this at four and three-fourth stars. Again, I like the five-star match better. I like the Sia versus Starlight Kid match better. And there were some people on Twitter that thought, oh, Sia and Starlight Kid is going to be better. I was like, no way. Sherry Momo is going to be match of the year. It didn't disappoint I like the five-star match a little bit better. Again, I, I'm excited to go back and rewatch it. I thought this was one of Sherry's best defenses. Momo's been on a fantastic tear. You know, at the beginning of the year, we weren't sure what she was doing with the heel turn. It kind of didn't make any sense. And then the tag stuff with Starlight Kid was really, really good. What she's doing with Starlight Kid and Saki's really good. Her match with huzuki from uh, World Climax, I thought was fantastic. So Momo was just at a point where it's like, hey, uh, consider me for Wrestler of the Year as well. You know, it's like, it's, like I said, it's it's, it's it's like they almost try to one up each other. And I, I even said something on Twitter, like at the end of the show, where it's like Azumi goes and have this fantastic match with Momo Kogo. Like, everybody's praising Azumi, rightfully so. And then it was like Azumi, like, walked to the back and looked at her, her Queen's Quest partner, Sai Kamatani, and was like, hey, follow that. And Sai Kamatani was like, hold my beer, or White Claw, or Wine Cooler, or Yuhu, or, you know, whatever it is that she drinks and, you know, she goes out and has you know, what I thought was the best starter match of the year. So, and then this match was just, and this match is completely different. Now, obviously, you know, you're going to have more striking. You're going to have more brawling. You're going to have more, you know, bigger moves, bigger suplexes, more submissions. But I thought it was fantastic. Like I said, I can't wait to go back and watch it. And um, then Tam McConnell comes out and she challenges Sherry next for the championship. And kind of figured it's like, well, okay, you have the five star coming up. Are you rushing this match with Tam? Like, Stardom is just giving us so much good stuff. Like, we just had, oh, like, the year was great. They had a great year, and then you go into April. You have Kari coming back. You have the two World Climax matches, uh, two, two shows that were, they were solid, and they were booked in by the two fantastic side defenses and the two fantastic Shuri defenses. Then we go move over to May, Flash and Champions, arguably car of the Year. That uh, yeah, was fantastic. And then just a couple weeks ago, we had... Uh, fighting the top, you know, solid undercard with two fantastic cage matches. Then we have this show to me is the show of the year uh, for any, any company, any promotion. This was my favorite wrestling show of the year, uh, solid undercard. And then those, you know, those last four matches, especially with the angle, just fantastic, just absolutely fantastic stuff. And then you're building, you know, you're building. So do you really need, and then we have the five star coming up here at the end of the month. Do you really need to give us another pay-per-view? I mean, I'm not going to say no, <laughs> I'm not going to say no. I'm obviously here for it. I'm looking at the card. It's like, you know, you know, Azumi and Rena is going to be really good. You know, can Azumi get the best match of Rena's career? Probably. FWC versus Amy sorry, and uh, Mirai. That's going to be fantastic. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Sai Kamatani and Saki. I'm really excited for, for that match. Considering the absolute role that Sai is on. And then we're going to get Tam and Sherry. So I, my kind of thing was, well, I thought Tam had a really good shot of winning the five-star. If she's getting a title match right before the five-star, they're not going to take the belt off Shiri. So it's basically like Shiri running through everybody and then uh, basically just to get the winner of the five-star, which, again, I think it's going to be Julia. You kind of broke Julia down with Shiri beating her, Shiri leaving, starting God's Eye, taking Mirai with her, having the feud with prominence having Natsupoy leave, so it's the best way to beat to you know build Julia back up is to win the five star and then maybe beat her former stablemate for the championship. However, it's brought up to me a couple people on Twitter that they think that Julia's winning the five star, but they think that Tam is gonna beat Sherry for the championship. And the reason behind that is what's the bigger match for the Red Bell? Is it Sherry versus Julia? Or is it Julia versus Tam? Especially with all that heat we have on now on Tam. That's like, yeah, you took May Sakurai off me. I'm taking Natsupoy off you. We had a hair versus hair match in Budokan where I won the white belt. We've been basically teasing anytime that we see a Donald Del Mundo versus Cosmic Angels match. We always have a really tense exchange between Julia and Tam so that's a really good question and you know and you tell me you know you fans you know fans friends and family of the startup cast, what do you think is the bigger match is it sherry versus julia is it tam versus versus julia or i'll throw another one at you what if Tommy wins the five star and sherry beats tam is the biggest match that they can do sherry versus Tommy? my answer I'm gonna answer my own question, and then I don't think there's a wrong answer. I think all three of those are the best matches. But please hit me up on Twitter and or Instagram. You know, Matt Turner of or the Stardom Cast on Twitter. Let me know those three matches. What do you think the b- biggest match is? I think it's Sherry and Yutami. I really, really do. I think that's like their Flair versus Steamboat. I think that's their Hogan Andre. I think that's their Masala versus Kawada. I think that's their Okada Tanahashi. Is you can run it back every now and again, and it never gets old. Especially this new wrinkle that Sherry's the champion and that Utami is officially the leader of Queen's Quest. I know they're in the same bracket, the five star. I think everybody expects them to go to time limit drop. I got no problem with that. Or you know, maybe Sherry gets the win and then Utami maybe Sherry beats Utami and then Utami wins the five star. You know, the kind of story writes itself. So you kinda of have three possible outcomes there. Again, I will make my final five star pick. I'll be gonna do a special episode. Where I'm just going to go over. And, you know, I know I did the mini episode, like, it was like 15, 16 minutes, but I'm going to do one strictly dedicated to like all the matches. And then uh, we'll go over the contest. Yeah, There's going to be a contest I put on Twitter that I accidentally ordered a uh, a second poster of the final four from the Cinderella tournament. So uh, I'm going to be giving that away to whoever wins the contest, as long as the shipping's not like 50, 60 bucks. I tried to ship something to Rob for his birthday, it was like, like a couple t shirts. My daughter drew him a picture. And then I think there was, like, an autograph picture of, like, Mike or Himmick in there or something. I still have the box. It's not broken it down. But when I took it to the post office to ship it from the States to England, it was, like, $200. And I was like, bro, I love you, but not that much. But, anywho, yeah, we'll go over all that. How I would have ended the show, again, I'm not going to tell the brass at stardom to, uh, how to do their job. How I would end the show, I would end this match on a draw or a double knockout. And then I would have had – and that's basically – so that's your mystery going into the five-star I would have ended a double knockout. I would Momo say, I'm gonna get my title shot back when I win the five star. And then I would have Tan come out and say, No, I'm gonna win the five star because I, you know, my faction is now the most dominant. I'd have Julia come out and I would have say, you know, I'm gonna win the five star because I wanna win that belt, and then I'm gonna run through Tam and Momo and yada yada yada. And then I'd have Sayakama Tani come out, be like, Look, I'm winning the five star. I've dominated the Wonder Stardom division. Against everybody now, I want both belts, and so basically you would have like a big hodgepodge, and in, made uh, in a good way of like, oh boy, you have like five or six, you know, people that might win the five star, so, I think that's how I would have went with. That. I know a lot of people upset Momo lost. I don't pull for wrestlers anymore, really, other than my friends that wrestle. I don't have really a favorite wrestlers, but I was kind of pulling for Momo here just a little bit. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Sherry, huge fan of this title reign. You know what it's doing for business. You know, anything that moves the needle forward for a start, I'm, I'm all about. So, all right. We're about an hour and 20 minutes into this. Like I said, I don't want to keep this too long. And I did. <laughs> and I didn't. I did have anybody to bounce this off. So I'm just going to get to the plugs and then I'm going to call it a show. Of, again, guys, thank you so much for the support. Uh, Thank you so much for the tweets, the retweets. I get so many messages from so many people from around the world. It literally blows me away. I'm literally just a kid who busts his ass literally living in a small town in Pennsylvania that's just passionate about wrestling. So I'm just going to show you, man, if I can do it, anybody can do it. You know, whatever you're doing in life, whether it's, you know, business, going to college, you want to be a wrestler, baseball player, man, just, you know, focus on what you need to and bust your ass. I can't say thank you enough. Our Patreons, I can't say thank you enough uh, for everything that, you know, for all the support. Um, As of this record, I know we've been having a little problems uh, logging into Patreon probably as this recording the second watch along should have dropped. Uh, that was Kari Hojo defending the World of Stardom Championship against Mako Satamoro. I just recorded, uploaded the third watch along, which probably be dropping the next few days. And that was from uh, that was Julia versus Hana Kimura from uh, the end of the year climax, uh, two thousand nineteen. And uh, the red belt. I am just about done with my notes for. Um, well, that's for the watch lines are for red belts only, or for red belt exclusive, I should say. I uh, just, just almost done with my notes, and I'll probably be recording soon, and I'll probably be dropping soon for the white belt and red belt tier Patreon, the Utami Hashista uh, World of Stardom Championship Review. That is the bi weekly podcast that uh, Rob and I used to do, that I'll be doing, trying to get better back on the schedule. And then the end of this week, I'll start my homework, and I will be recording probably towards the end of the month, the second of the uh, exclusive for the White Belt and Red Belt tier members. And that will be the Wonder of Stardom review of Arisha Hoshiki. So there's a lot to look forward to, a lot coming down the pike. If you're thinking about signing up for the Patreon, I'm throwing a lot of content at you. I'm, making, I'm trying to make it really tasty, really juicy for you to... Uh, <laughs> to to uh to listen to uh to the stardom podcast and to subscribe to the patreon. So if there's something that you wanna hear, by all means, you know, let your voice be heard. Hit me up, Matt Turner, of on Instagram and Twitter. And as always, thanks to my main man editor in chief Sean, who's uh just crushing these out of the park, man. He's just making my job so much easier and just get me really excited for stardom. And Sean's actually never seen a stardom match before, but we might be doing something soon that's gonna change that. Uh stay tuned for that. All right. I'm gonna get out of here. Like I said. Uh, Thank you guys so much. Any questions, comments, please let me know. Anything you want to see for the Patreon members, you know, anything you want to see on the watch along, let me know. Matt Turner OF on the Instagram and Twitter. I thank you guys so much for closing out episode 71. Remember, we're all in this together. Everybody's different. Everybody's special. I love you all. Have yourself a great day.